I got into radio for all the wrong reasons. We got word that the owners were about to sell the station. And so there was a really good chance that everybody was going to get their papers. And I didn't want to be unemployed. My idea is I'm here to learn from you, not for you to listen to me talk. There's a familiar voice to most of us in the Cooley region. Of course, Mike Hayes. He is the host of Lacrosse Talk on the radio station WIZM. News Talk 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. And he's been doing that for years and, well, let's be honest, it's been decades now. And in honor of that, the WBA, the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association, is going to be honoring Mike Hayes as a local legend. I sat down with Mike the other day and we had a really nice conversation about his journey to lacrosse radio and then his journey through lacrosse talk and through the years here in the area. So this is going to be part one of that conversation. We start with a Mike Hayes who really wanted to be an album jock. Uh, Spoiler alert, he never was. Stick around, there's a great conversation to come with local legend Mike Hayes. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. It's the podcast that is about the people and the events and the businesses that really make this such a great place to live. And one person who's been working to do just that for a long time is Mike Hayes. And recently, Mike was notified that he is being honored by the largest uh, group of broadcasters in the state of Wisconsin. It's the WBA, the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association, and he is being acknowledged as a local legend. So my first question has to be, how do you become a local legend, Mike? Oh, and by the way, congratulations. I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm guessing it's because I'm the oldest and so they got to give it to me quick before there's uh, nobody to give it to. Well, there's got to be. But some, I appreciate it. There's got to be some much. benefits to age, and maybe Absolutely. that's one of them. But you, uh, you have been here a long, long time. Yeah, thirty plus. Um, and you've been in a conversation with the city of Lacrosse and the area for all of that time. All that you've those been years, here. you betcha. So, how do you feel about that part of it? I love that part, actually. Uh, it, it drives some of my family crazy when total strangers walk up to me wherever I am. Are you Mike Hayes? I don't know. These days I always say, I don't know. Are you mad? I, I like it. More people know me than I know them because as soon as I talk, they recognize my voice, I guess. Yeah. And but, I always say that's the definition or one of the definitions of being a celebrity is if somebody that you don't know knows you. Yeah then you might be a celebrity. Well, and I like the fact that when people walk up to me, they'll reference something that we recently talked about, or I miss your mom, or, you know, some aspect of I do listen, not just once this morning for a couple of minutes. Right. So that's that's pretty cool. So I'm doing something right. I know one of our bosses many years ago said, "If, if you make half of your audience angry, you're doing it right. So, Absolutely. You know, Got to ride that fence and try to cover both sides of any particular issue. And I try really hard to do that. Absolutely. Um, well, let's explain what the Local Legend Award is. Uh, this is from the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association, right. um, which is uh, just what you might think it is. It's a it's an organization of uh, broadcast media, television and uh, radio. And as Listeners may not know, but you and I are acutely aware. There's a lot more than broadcasting than go that goes oh, on. 
that goes with what we do these <laughs> days. Um, digital uh, advertising, podcasts like this, um, all kinds of social media. So it, it, is really, it has really become very all-encompassing, and we are the media. Right. We are definitely <laughs> the media. And, you know, we try really hard to fill a, a, a place that uh, people can turn to get local information, both sides, if it's political information, or just simply, hey, where was that pancake breakfast going to be again? Or you said you were going to have a run walk. Where is it going to be? What time? So helpful information just to make you a better member of the community, but yeah. also if you're getting ready to vote or gathering up information on any particular issue you want to know both sides i try really hard to offer that okay and a chance to call in and be grumpy about it <laughs> um well tell you what we'll get back to that okay. the calling in okay. and being grumpy about politics but okay first let's find out how one becomes a local legend uh how did you get into radio well and why i got into radio for all the wrong reasons or at least all the I think reasons. We all do. All the reasons that turned out to not be correct. As a young person, I grew up listening to a CKLW, a radio station out of Windsor, Canada. And I thought, you know, those guys sound like they're having so much fun. They get to play music all day. They're talking about see you tonight at the bar or I'm going to the concert. And so I thought, you know, I want a job where I play music all day. Then I go to the bar and meet people. I get to hang out with the band. Uh, I'll meet some girls and this is going to be a great job. You'll be cool. I'll be cool. And this is really going to be cool because I was not one of the cool kids in school. So on the edge of cool, I knew a lot of cool kids, but I also knew a lot of the geeky kids. So yeah. I was yeah. in the middle there. So I just thought for all the wrong reasons, this is going to be great. And uh, it turned out to be completely different, but still a lot of fun. What were you like in high school? Were you class clown or were you, uh, a, were you a talker, a conversationalist like you are now? Yeah. Well, not as much, but still lots of talk. Yeah, I, I did that. I was uh, the announcer at football games and uh, really? any opportunity. I was on the debate team because the only sport I could do worth the beans was hockey. And that only took place in the wintertime. So I played football very poorly and I was on the swim team till I realized I'm only a good swimmer in the summer when you can have a fat guy on the swim team. <laughs> you got all these guys that uh, work on it all the time. So I stopped doing that and, and uh, gabbing turned out to be my forte. Yeah. What did you learn on the debate team, do you think? I learned that there's an awful lot of people who know an awful lot of stuff. And I know a little about every, I know just enough about any particular topic to get me in trouble more often than not. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I see myself that way too. I know enough to start a conversation yeah and then i better be prepared to learn because Absolutely. i i will i can almost guarantee i will not be the smartest person on whatever subject i've just brought up right <laughs> right me too i'm i feel that way exactly and i try really hard not to give the impression that i know everything and so i'm here to test your knowledge that's not the, i'm here to learn from you Thanks for listening into Around River City. It's the podcast about the people, places, events, businesses that make this such a great place to be and live. I'm Ken Cooper, and this time around, I'm talking with Mike Hayes. He is being honored as a local legend by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. As we continue our conversation, we'll start back at the beginning. That's next. 
I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. I'm having a conversation with local legend, it's official, from the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. Mike Hayes being honored as a local legend for his years and his decades of service, making sure that you know everything that you need to know to get your day started. So you were living in Detroit, right? Or well, that well, area? Outside of Detroit, yep. Okay. One of the burbs, yep. That's where I grew up. I was born there and and I went to high school there. I went to college in uh, Kalamazoo at Western Michigan and majored in broadcasting. And uh, that was really fun. So I worked on the radio station at, uh, at uh, Western Michigan. And uh, during my first week overnights, when you start there, even even in college radio, I started overnight. And in my first week on the air, I locked myself out of the studio. Oh, I've done that. Had to call my boss at 2 a.m. Please come unlock the door, because although I'm playing cut two on an album, by the time you get here to open the door, it's going to be for a really long time. So hurry along. And the security guy came by and let me back in and I never lived that down among staff. Well, you shouldn't. No, (laughs) I got a little slowly becomes a badge of honor over the years. Those kinds of stories. I only did it once. And, you know, Tom, he did it twice. So there's somebody worse than me. What year was that? Ooh, 1980, 1976, 75, 75, 76. Yeah. Okay. So that's right in the heart of album rock. Oh, yeah. AOL was big time. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what your plan was? It was. Absolutely. I wanted to meet. Well, I really enjoyed the other side of the flip side of any particular single, but uh, there's always the song that gets played on the radio 50 times uh, a day is probably a really good song, but you know, cut two or cut seven uh, shows the, the ability of some musician because the band played with the Philadelphia Philharmonic, not in the, not in the cut that's on the radio all the time, but in this other cut or on the flip side. And I thought, you know, I'm, started getting into musicians who are just really good at what they do, not necessarily uh, musicians that will ever ever get uh, airplay, but you're a really good singer or a really good uh, synthesizer player. That was also real popular in my day or piano or whatever the instrument was, even though the song is kind of weird or even country or whatever it is. God, you're good. You're the best harmonica player I've ever heard. This is awesome. I don't like country music very much unless you're playing the harmonica and then slim whitman and his whistling uh, ability always got me going uh the fact that you can ad- admit to uh <laughs> a slim whitman affinity is very well I'm i just impressed. remember you know so I'll, i could i could name all kinds of band members or musicians that you never he- heard of that are just really good demas yeah. russo was famous back in the day for having the largest uh, a scale he could hit the highest notes and the lowest notes of anybody that was uh, recording at a, at that particular time i don't know if he still has that record but uh, i'm pretty sure that his mom and me were the only ones who bought an album of his and i bought it for that exact reason mm. wow he's good wow okay so what was your first paying job as a so you were you were going to become a rock and roll DJ. That's it. I wanted to play album oriented rock. Yeah, okay. Well, and, and is that, that where you went at first? No, my very first job in radio was beautiful music. In fact, <laughs> oh. I was the music director for beautiful music, and uh, that was quite a change. But it got me on the air. Yeah. Describe and, beautiful music. Uh, elevator music. Okay. That is uh, that is. Uh, let's see. What's the 
I think uh, we the, all the Beatles, the music done by oh yeah, music. Well, I was trying to think of uh, 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 Ferrati and Teicher oh, yeah. play the Beatles hits. Right, right. And there's no right. singing; it's just music. Right. And, and it's everything is played, including something like "I Am Iron Man" uh, on an electric piano. On a, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I did get my claim to fame from my very first job in radio. Is I legitimately and uh, legally got. A Frank Zappa and the Mothers song on the radio. On was the beautiful music station? On the station? beautiful music station, yep. I, I can't remember what the name of the song is now, but it was uh, really well done and it fit, thank goodness, the uh, beautiful music format sufficiently right. that well, it, it yeah. didn't get kicked off. Frank Zappa was, I mean... An experimenter, and right. he just—I think he was probably closer to what you were describing as a music fan. He just—it was good music, doesn't matter right. what it sounds like. And I'm guessing—I know right. he worked with orchestras. Oh uh, yeah, quite yeah, often, yeah. So, and this was a song that never got played on the radio except by me. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so, where was this job? That was in Gaylord, Michigan. The may remember that uh, Gaylord just suffered uh, the damages of a, a tornado recently, but yeah, I lived there on a little lake. Uh, just outside of town. My roommate worked at the paper mill. We both worked overnights. And so we'd get home at, at I got home about seven o'clock. He got home about seven thirty in the morning and we'd go over to the only restaurant that was open for breakfast and have a steak and eggs and play pool and drink a beer. And there's mom and the kids coming in for breakfast and we're in the bar having a steak and playing pool. And they gave us the dirty looks because why are you playing pool and drinking beer at 7 a.m.? Right, right. You horrible person, you. <laughs> then they figured out, oh, you're that guy from overnight. Okay, yeah, never mind. Yeah. If they'd only known, if the wildest known. you got was getting a Frank Zappa song onto the beautiful <laughs> yeah, music Yeah, that was station. it at that, those days. You know what I'm thinking of is uh, Clint Eastwood play Misty for me. Oh, sure. That's kind of beautiful music, yep. easy listening, that, yep, sort, yep, of, that very sort of thing. Easy, sleepy music, yeah. yeah. How long were you there? I was there for three years. Wow, that's a long yeah. time. Yeah. Usually your first job, it never is what you want it to be. I, I don't know anyone whose first job was doing the kind of radio they wanted to right. do. Right, no, it wasn't. Um, but you start looking right away for your next well, job. And, you know, I, I, I liked it because I wanted to learn as much as I could. And then after uh, after a year, I guess my second year, I probably started looking for something. And then I got a raise and became a member of the sales department. And that's when I really, really started looking for an on-the-radio job because I didn't want to be a salesperson. Didn't like it. I didn't like it very much. And uh, so that's when I looked for my next job. Okay. Well, we know that in our kind of radio, we can't get by without them. But right. I also have very no important. interest. Very important people. But you got to have you got to have the right mentality and the right ability yeah. to be a successful radio salesperson because you don't have a product. Back then, you didn't even have... You had to have a cassette of the music that you'd be listening to if they weren't familiar with it, not an iPad or, or right. a, a, any kind of a technology. You could just call right. it up in Let your pocket. Let me stream it on my phone for you. Yeah, yeah. No, that didn't work. So what was next? Uh, after, then I went to uh, Manistique, Michigan, is in the Upper Peninsula, and that was that was radio. of uh, They didn't really have a format. Because the, <laughs> there's a lot I mean, of those. They played a lot of different kind of music, and it had uh, as much to do with who's on the air 
and what kind of music because we got to pull all of our own music. You from actually the, chose your own music. Pl- chose all my own songs. Boy, those were the days. Oh, they were. They were. It's a lot of fun. So people that listened to me got to hear uh, music that they would never hear otherwise. The morning guy was country fan, so he'd play a lot of country. And then I did middays, and the boss, the general manager, did afternoon drive, and uh, he was a huge country fan. So. Music was all over the place during the day. And you played? I played. I played rock and roll. More Frank Zappa? Well, <laughs> it didn't get quite that crazy, but uh, but mostly rock and roll. And uh, that was okay. Aerosmith and, okay. Uh, you know, bands of the day, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And, okay. and, and this uh, would have been in the late 70s then? Late 70s, yeah. Late 70s, yep. okay. Did you start or when did you start thinking about this music is taking up so much of the airtime and I want to, you know, <laughs> what did well, you think I, about no, talking never. more? You know, that's interesting. Never uh, until I'd been in the business for a really long time did I ever consider being a talk show host. I was working at a radio station in Upper Michigan, not not uh, TIQ, and uh, we got word that the owners were about to sell the station uh, in the next few months. And so there was a really good chance that everybody was going to get their papers and I didn't want to be unemployed. So, and I didn't want to take a chance to see whether I was going to be one of the guys that stayed. Turns out nobody stayed. They absorbed the radio station, fired everybody, and mul- and then just broadcast the signal from the owners of the station that were, they call it downstate, uh, closer to the cent- closer to Lansing, middle of the state. Uh, so I was glad I got out. But at the time, I was sending out resumes and feelers and talking to people. And a guy that I'd never met before, but I'd communicated uh, on the telephone with, because email wasn't a thing back then. God, am I old or what? That was well, before email. That's how you become a legend. That's part got, of how you I do it. I got this guy. This guy called me, and his, uh, uh, Tim uh, Tim Moore called out of the blue, and he was the general manager of one of our competitive stations, uh, also a rock and roll station. The, I was the uh, program director of JML, which was a top 40 station. He called me and said, hey, uh, would you consider leaving because my station was beating his station every book that we were in the Northern Michigan uh, ratings book and my station did better than his. And so I think in part he wanted me to go because I was popular and he was not. Hey, that's okay. He said, I got a guy. You should talk to him about a job. The company is really good. They're looking to do some, some fun things over there. And it's in Wisconsin. Ever been to Wisconsin? Nope. Ever heard of La Crosse, Wisconsin? Nope. Uh, Would you like to at least meet the folks over there. And I said, only if La Crosse, Wisconsin is near water. Because the radio station that I worked for was right on Lake Michigan, out the studio windows, Lake Michigan. My house was on one of the inland waterways, and I did not want to have to sell my boat and say goodbye to my love of the water. He said, oh, no, they got water. They got water in La Crosse. Yeah, you should go check it out. Cool. Well, and the guy you I want you to meet is going to be uh, in, nearby in Michigan in Sheboygan, which is a city near where I lived. Uh, you can meet him and uh, talk about the job. Cool. What's his name? Dick Record. And that, of course, is a very well-known name to people here in the La Crosse area. He is the man who started Midwest Family here in La Crosse back in the 1970s. And he's a radio guy who was born with the name Record. All of us in radio just find that amazing. You'll see what I mean when we come back with my conversation with Mike Hayes on La Crosse Talk. This is La Crosse Talk. I'm Ken Cooper. Okay, so to get us caught back up on the story, Mike Hayes is agreeing to a job interview 
with somebody who runs a group of radio stations in La Crosse, Wisconsin, a place he had never been before. And the person who's trying to get him to do this interview has just informed him that he'll be interviewing with a gentleman named Dick Record. <laughs> no, really. What's his real name? Yeah. No, that's his real name. Dick Record. Really? Come on. Cool name. Really? Really? Dick Record? Yep. Okay. Met him for lunch. We gabbed for a little while. And, and, and what year was this about? Oh, boy. This was, was, this was 80? 35 years ago. Okay. So I don't know. I'd have to do the math. Many, many years ago. Do the math, Ken. I'm going to do the math. Keep <laughs> 30, talking. I'm going to calculator 35, out. 35, 36, something like that. I don't remember exactly. June 4th. That's I remember it was June 4th because uh, Ray Durkee's Sunday at the Memories was having a party. He would come to town and throw a big sock hop, they called it, oh, and at the lacrosse center. And uh, you know, there was several hundred people there, and he played music from the 50s and 60s, and that was really a ton of fun. And so when I went back to lacrosse, he said, uh, and Record said, I'd like you to come to lacrosse and check the place out, because I'm, I'm really interested in hiring you. And I said, great, I'd love to. And he said, by the way. If I'm going to pay for you to come here and check the place out, if you like it, you have to accept the job while you're here. I'm not <laughs> I'm not bringing you out here for a three-day vacation and then send you home and you say, no way. And I said, well, um, okay, I'll check it out. So I did, and, uh, and I liked the job. And my job was going to be taking what is now WIZM Talk Radio from music radio to talk radio we were, the goal was to drop all music as quickly as possible and go talk does 1987 sound about right it does sound about right yeah okay uh can i ask a couple of personal questions sure I, I mean, what was your family situation were you still just but, worrying about yourself or no no at that point i was divorced had three children three small children okay and uh so that was my That's situation. a hard decision to move oh, that far away. Absolutely. Well, the, the boys lived far. They lived four hours away from me uh, during that period of time. When I, li- I worked okay. in Upper Michigan and the boys and their mom lived in Marquette, Michigan, which is way up north. So it was still a four or four and a half hour drive to see them. And if I moved to La Crosse, Wisconsin, it would be a five hour drive. So oh, okay. it wasn't that so, big a deal. It wasn't, right. you know, I couldn't go see him at school, you know, every day after school or any of that. I didn't live that close. So this wasn't going to change up my ability to see or not see uh, the boys, uh, but it would make me happier and I'd make a little bit more money. And right. so maybe when we did get together, we'd be able to do more stuff than just hang out. <laughs> well, that, that and it's, that's all good stuff to think about yeah. and have to think about. And I drove across the state more than. Uh, there are a few truck drivers who've probably crossed uh, Highway 41 <laughs> through Oshkosh and North and all the rest of that. Uh, I did that many, 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 many times. So the lacrosse of 1987, very different than the lacrosse of today. Yeah. What did you think when you first got here? I thought it was awesome city. Kevin Cavanaugh was the boss then. He took me on a tour and I... One of the first things I noticed was beautiful houses with really nice grass. Their lawns Hmm. all looked really nice, well-kept, green, not a lot of weeds, you know, maintained. So I knew that the people who lived in this house, even though the houses weren't very big because, well, some of them were Cass Street and so forth, but the lawns weren't really big, uh, but they took really good care of them. And that told me that the guy who lives inside knows it's really important, you know, curb appeal, which wasn't a term back then, but uh, he, whoever lived there, it was real important 
to them that anybody who drove by said, nice house, nice lawn, nice people, nice kids. I'd meet them, you know. Sure. And so I thought that about all kinds of streets in La Crosse, a whole neighborhood of really nice looking homes. I thought, well, cool. I, I didn't want to live someplace where nobody cared. It was and, clear that they did. And did uh, Dick Record hold you to... The, yes, he did. I had to, to that, decide. He that did. you had to decide? Yep. I was. I don't remember what day it was, but probably Sunday after breakfast. He and Kevin and I on whatever it was, Sunday or Monday, uh, had breakfast together. And he said, so, what do you, the back in those days he smoked. So, what did you think, Mike? I think I would like to have the job. All right, you're in. And uh, we talked a little bit about salary and and uh, then I, and how quickly can you get here? Gosh, I don't know, pretty quick, uh, you know, a couple of weeks. I got to go home and rent a truck and, you know, pack up all my stuff and blah, blah, blah. And he looked at me and said, I suppose you want me to pay for the move. <laughs> he rolled his eyes. Well, uh, I'd love that to happen if you want to make that happen. I could probably do that. All right, wow. cool. That was helpful. Yeah, very helpful. And so, yeah, so I went back to um, um, Michigan and started saying goodbye to people. I'm I'm moving. Going to, I'm going to Wisconsin. Where? You know, it's <laughs> yeah. the next state over. Okay. So within a space of two weeks, the the type of job you do and where you do it changed completely. Hundred percent. Yeah. Except that it was radio. I went from right. playing music to uh, to talking. No music or hardly any music. Okay. We played a song an hour or something like that at the very beginning. Right. Uh, but that went away very quickly, and yeah. it was just talk. After okay. that. How did you feel in those early days, the, the first few weeks? Nervous. Oh, yeah. Afraid. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? What am I going to ask them? What if the answer is yes? And I don't, <laughs> you know. Right. Are you happy? Yes. Ooh. Well, then I learned, and I've gotten advice from people all along the way. One of, one of, bit of advice that I still use today, never ask a question that can be answered with one word. Never yes. ask a question that way. Right. And so the person can't say there's got to be more to the answer if there's more to the question. So I, I work really hard to either have two questions right in a row. So if you say yes, I know what the next question is going to be right away or no. And that'll be a different question that I'll ask right away. Otherwise, the, my idea is I'm here to learn from you, not for you to listen to me talk. Mike Hayes being honored by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association as a local legend. So this was part one of my conversation with Mike, and we dealt with the beginnings of his radio dream, really, and his journey to bring him to lacrosse. On the next episode, we'll talk about his journey on lacrosse talk and becoming a local legend. I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks for being a part of the conversation. This is Around River City.